With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talk sports, uh, yes we do. Talk sports, uh. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is that time. The holidays are here. Get ready for your turkey. The end of the year is coming. It's the time where football is ending. NBA and college basketball are coming. But right now, we're focused strictly on the NFL and college football. Join the show. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, emails today at gmail.com. RayandTayToday.com is the website. Interactive through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes. You can subscribe and check us out and listen to old shows, great interviews. Man, I'm telling you, Ray, listen, we even take your, uh, you know, we got a question today for college football. If you, even if you want to uh, MP3 us your questions at RayandTayToday at gmail.com, we will get you on the air you know, we like to be interactive with the fans. So before we get to the NFL and a busy show, we're reviewing and previewing because this is our only show for the week for the, for the Thanksgiving holiday and the long weekend, and there's a lot to talk about. Ray, props to Kyle Busch, the nice NASCAR champion. He gets it done in Miami. Pretty impressive. And we also bid adieu to Jeff Gordon. Quick thoughts. You know, Jeff Gordon, <clears throat> the number 24, was on the scene for 24 years. And this guy really was the epitome of the sport. Now, he might get eclipsed in the next 5, 10 years by your guy, Jimmy Johnson. But really, there are three numbers in that sport. Number three, number 43, and number 24. Now, maybe 48 joins them. But this guy was really, uh, you know, the class of the sport and he put drivers on the map. He brought a professionalism and a, and a quiet, you know, swagger to him. So you bid him adieu. He's going to the Fox broadcast booth. So if you didn't get enough Jeff Gordon, you'll get to see him on tw- in 2016 in the Fox uh, in the Fox booth. But yeah, what a driver! Really, you know, he put the sport. He helped put the sport on the map. He really did, and he brought he brought a little swag to it, a little style. You know, they started putting Jeff Gordon in the video games so kids would get the NASCAR video games. You know, he he was definitely special. And then we also say a congrats to Canelo Alvarez taking down Miguel Cotto. Mexico stood up strong and represented and took down Puerto Rico. 
Uh, good fight. You know, I didn't see it live. You just see the clips and stuff. Maybe I'll watch it, I guess, probably this Saturday or Sunday or whatever. It's back on uh, HBO. But um, he's, he just seemed to control everything. So, you know, props to Alvarez and his camp. We were having fun on that on, on Twitter with that with some of our fans to the show. So that was real fun. And Ray picked it. You know, I went with Cotto. Thought maybe, you know, the experience. But Alvarez got it done. So props to him, you know. Yeah, you know what? And boxing needs more of these fights. Boxing needs a resurgence. I'm not sure that MMA has peaked, but I feel like boxing is not dead yet. But they're on their way to being dead. (laughs) But they're not dead yet. So boxing really does have a chance. I really do think so. They need to put some great fights on free TV, build up the younger crowd, and they still have a chance. I agree. Growing up, you and I used to watch fights on CBS Sports and ABC Worldwide, you know, um, Worldwide Sports. So that that was great. That was on Saturdays. And we saw for free Dooku Kim against Boom Boom Mancini, that famous fight, which was insane. And then as we get to the NFL, the perfect uh, segue. Oh, before we get to that. So we're not talking basketball. But real quick, 0-15, 15-0. Tonight they go for the record, the Warriors at home against the Lakers. And everybody wants to try to do something with the Sixers. But, look, the rules are what they are. They'll just happen to get better if Embiid and Sarek and maybe they get Ben Simmons from LSU all just seem to work it out and they sign a free agent and make a trade. We'll see. But just focus on the positive, and the Warriors are a great story, and we'll talk a lot more about it, whether they get to 72-10, and 10, whether they get to 16-0 and 0 or not. It's just a great story and a great championship team on a great run defending their title. It really is, and we tweeted about this, and we said it's really special to see a team hungry, a defending champion hungry in November. You know, it's one thing to be ready in April and in May and in June, but these guys are hungry. Their coaches miss games because of health reasons. They really haven't made any changes in the off season. It's the exact same team that was playing minus David Lee. But they're just hungry. They're just out there to prove that they're not a fluke champion. It's very Jordan-esque. That's what it reminds me of because you remember after they won, they came back on a mission every year with fire in their eyes. Now, I'll tell you, as we get to the NFL, who does not have fire in his eyes or maybe who does, and that's the Browns and their organization. This video leaked out of your boy popping off some champagne and dancing, Johnny Manzizi. As he was on his bye week, I still don't know if the video was this weekend or not. I don't even know how much it matters. I assume that they put him at third string, so it must have been this weekend. And before the Jenny Manziel experience got started, it got benched because he just – I was trying to explain it to my 16-year-old son. He was like, Dad, I don't even get it. Like, he's so dumb. Like, why would he do that? And I explained that – Exactly. He just, he needs to be humbled and he just, he doesn't get it. And, you know, there, people said Eli Manning, Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger were on their bye weeks this week and there were no videos about them. And that's, that's really all that needs to be said. And nobody's saying that you can't have fun, but you can bring the party to yourself. You don't have to go out and be the party. So that's all the Cleveland Browns talk you'll get on our show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is too right bad because that, you know. I want to see if this, I still think this guy can play. 
but at a certain point, GMs are not going to want to deal with him. And at a certain point, you can be immature for so long, but then at the end of the day, you're two years out of college, you're making millions of dollars, when are you going to become mature? And people have to realize that quarterback is a very special position and it's a special burden. So for better or for worse, you get far too much credit when you win. You take far too much credit and heat when you lose. And at the end of the day, all eyes of the town, the state, and the franchise are on you. So if you don't want that, that's okay. But if you do want it, you got to realize that people hold you to a different standard. And it's not fair. I get it. It really isn't fair. You're 22 years old. You didn't do anything wrong. You partied. You did. You, you did whatever you needed to do. But think about it. Like you said, your cohorts aren't doing that. And and you know what? You don't always have to keep up with the Joneses. I I feel you. You want to be individual and you want to do your own thing. But you know what? You haven't proved anything yet. You haven't earned it yet. So if if you know that you're being held to this higher standard. <clears throat> Then why why would you why would you go out of your way to you know to make it hard for the team to to even keep you? I think some you know deep down inside maybe he doesn't want to be in Cleveland. Maybe he wants to be elsewhere. I don't know. But yeah, you know Stephen what? A brought that up today, and maybe there's a case for that. But you're you're teetering on being so toxic that nobody would want you. But let's go oh, to people. That, yeah, let's go to to review this past week and a player that everybody wants probably the leader, you know, in the MVP race, him and his other 10-0 counterpart, Tom Brady, Monday Night Football. Bill's kind of, you know, Rex always figures out Belichick a little bit. Um, What He's only maybe got him three times in his time with the Jets and Bills, but for the first year with the Bills, he's 0-2, and it's not going to happen. Look, you know, Amendola, it looks like he's going to be okay. He might miss a game, maybe not, but maybe one at the most uh, with the knee. But the Patriots were not as potent. You know, they kind of put the blankets on Gronk, and then they said, beat us with LaFell, Amendola. My boy James White got busy, Blunt, this kid Harper. I mean, you know, they were trying to do whatever. But you feel that there's something missing with the bills. And I don't know if it's look, Hogan was helping Watkins doing something. They couldn't get the ball to Charles clay. Shady McCoy is, is doing yeoman's work. Taylor looks good. He makes some good throws. So I don't know if it's offensive line and another receiver. I thought that would be Woods, but you know, he doesn't stay healthy, but again, the Patriots 10 and 0 and, and they get a, a good win. And it's time to start giving props to Logan Mankin and, and, and um, Ryan Logan and, uh, Chandler Jones, uh, your boy from, from all those the, guys, the corner, Malcolm Butler, Mankovich yeah, Butler, I mean, exactly. They are balling out, and you know who's scheming it. So uh, I thought that was a pretty good win and pretty impressive to be ten and zero, right? You know what? We really need to give the Patriots credit. Now, I, I believe that this might be a 2011 situation again, where they just run out of steam in the playoffs because. Mm-hmm. They took Gronk out of the game, and without a dynamic, you know, Deion Lewis, they struggled. They struggled on offense. They were lucky to win this game. Not lucky because you didn't think Buffalo was the better team, but they were vulnerable. The the Patriots are vulnerable. They're not going to blow any 
body at least not good competition. They're not going to blow away good competition. So they're going to be in a battle in every one of their games, and they're going to have to play 80%, 90% perfect execution because you can't keep taking, especially on the offensive end, they've been pretty healthy on defense, but you can't keep taking these offensive players, starting with the offensive line, right, and Mankins and, and, and uh, uh, Nate Soldier. You can't keep taking those guys plus Amendola, plus they don't really have a marquee number one receiver. And then Well, Edelman, that's the big loss because he does everything. Well, that's what I meant, Edelman. Sorry, sorry, I said Amendola, I meant Edelman. You take Edelman off that team, <laughs> and then you figure if you can find a way to stop either the running game or Gronk, then you're really putting the Patriots in a position where, you know, Dobson has to make plays. He got hurt. LaFell has to make plays. I mean, these guys are not playmakers, so – the rest of the league, even though they're ten and zero, the rest of the league is sitting back there thinking to themselves, "You know what? They're a beatable ten and zero, especially with oh, yeah. their bank." Somebody up. could go to Gillette. Somebody could go to Gillette, and somebody with a potent offense that can outscore them, <clears throat> like my Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Or so or keep, one keep. of those teams like the what was that the, the the year they won the Super Bowl, and even the year before that, the um, the Ravens, a team that could just punch you in the mouth. And wants to play – you want to play physical? I'll play physical. And, you know, the Patriots don't really want to play physical, and they don't really have the, the, the talent at the skill position to, to you know, score on you anymore. No, that's very true. So let's keep it moving. Obviously, Sunday Night Football was probably one of the better games of the season. The back and forth was fascinating. The clutch plays were amazing. And, you know, give Carson – Palmer a lot of credit. People want to say it's a two-man race. I tend to think it's a three-man race because anybody that has Carson Palmer in fantasy knows he has been outstanding. And, uh, you know, he definitely was like, by the time I get to Arizona, I will take revenge out on those Bengals. 34-31, big win. And how about the speedster, the rookie, J.J. Nelson and Elton Fitzgerald and Chris Johnson, this team might be the fastest team in the NFL, like pound for pound, player for player, man. And the Bengals are in a little bit of trouble, let's be honest. Just a little bit, just a little bit. A little bit, but you know what? They're going to win that division, and with Denver going down, or at least with Manning going down, I should say, Denver's not as potent as they used to be. So, uh, you know what? The Bengals are fine. They'll finish second or third in the conference. They may have to win a game week one if they finish third, but the Bengals are all right. They just need to get it together. I mean, I just think, feel like they need to get their moxie back, their swag. They'll be all right. Well, speaking of swag, your Packers got their swag back. I had the Vikings. Ray had the Packers. Um, good win. You know, they, they struggled for a minute, and then they kind of just said, you know, we are who we are, and we got it done. You know, 30 to 13. I was pretty impressed, and, you know, you can't hold down the MVP for too long and Aaron Rodgers. But what it did show you is you can hold Adrian Peterson down. So even though he's my man, for some reason he's not integrated in that passing attack. So he's a one-dimensional offensive player, and he could run for 205 on you, but you can also hold him down to, you know, like the Green Bay did. With And, and you know, Green Bay doesn't have a great run defense, at least they didn't going into the season. So if you're Minnesota, you know, you're a little bit worried. I am as a, you know, looking at Minnesota from the outside because 
you need one of those receivers to really step up and take some of the load off. I thought Kyle Rudolph would be the guy. He had an okay game, and, and you know he's had a really disappointing season given where he is in his career trajectory. You want one of those receivers to step up and take the burden off of Peterson and Bridgewater. It's a shame because Wallace and Cadero Patterson have such speed. Same with Stephon Diggs. But Diggs seems to be the only one that can really run routes and be a legit receiver. Patterson's only special teams, and Mike Wallace is, uh, you know, three games a year. So uh, it's a mess. They'll make the wild card, and, and, you know, it'll be an impressive and good season. But in the AFC, you know, we basically have to throw the, the, the shovel and the dirt on the Chargers. But how about the Chiefs? They're five and five. They're back in the mix, right there for the wild card, 33 points, and, and, and hold the Chargers to three. Are you, are you ready to say the Chiefs are – we're back. Andy Reid, he's, he's heck of a coach, Ray. He is, and they are – I don't know if they're back because without Jamal Charles, they can't really go anywhere. But give Andy Reid a ton of credit and – you know, this team, again, is setting up next year. And if you figure the Broncos are in trouble, the Raiders are still up and coming. Who knows what's going to happen with this Charger team? Um, they're setting themselves up for next year for winning that division. And really, you know, taking Probably one more legit receiver, wouldn't you say, though? One more, like... You know, with Kelsey and Macklin, yeah, of course. Everybody can use another legit receiver. But a healthy Kelsey and a healthy Macklin and a healthy Charles... I'll take that threesome all day. No, you, that's very true, very true. So the Redskins were a little bit disappointing because you thought they might play a little bit of ball with the Panthers. And the Panthers, we just can't say enough about them. Ron Rivera, the Keekley and Davis boys, Josh Norman, Jonathan Stewart, Funches gets it going, and killer Cam Newton is a legit on Brady's tail for MVP, 44 points, averaging about 30 or 31 a game. But, Ray, this is, uh, you know, and, and and we'll talk about it when we pick. It's looking like Vegas doesn't show them the respect in that Cowboy Thanksgiving game. We'll get to that in a minute. But how impressed are you with the Panthers and that big win at home where they seem totally unbeatable, uh, spanking the Redskins and locking down Kirk Cousins? Very you know, we, we talk about the defense. We always knew they had a good defense, and Ron Rivera's a defensive guy. But on offense, I don't know if it's smoke and mirrors. I don't know if it's Cam and the, you know, Cam and the, and the Supremes. If it's – I don't know what it is, but they are putting – when they put up points, I'm thinking to myself, how do they do this with Ted Ginn and Devin Funches and, uh, you know, and, uh, past his prime – Jonathan Stewart, so, you know, and, and Olsen, even Olsen, their best offensive player outside of uh, Killer Cam is past his prime, too. So, yes, a ton of credit go to them, and you know what? They're surprising me every week. Every week I expect the, the house of cards to come down. Not like in Atlanta. I told you Atlanta wasn't for real. But, um, I, you know, I, I don't think I didn't think this Carolina team would be 10-0. So all the credit goes to them, especially when you look at their roster. I mean, when when Kansas City, uh, you know, they come back, you're like, all right, you know what, they had some injuries, whatever. Cincinnati, you look at, they have just tremendous offensive talent. You look at this team, and you're like, where where are these points coming from exactly? So kudos to them, really, really. Well, remember, I told you off air, it's really time to give Mike Schuler props. I mean, he might even get a head coaching job out of this. He's been an unsung uh 
coordinator for a couple of years now, and he is truly, like Kyle Shanahan, designed the offense for this multi-talented quarterback. And how about down in South Beach, the rainstorm in the beginning, and your boy throwing left-handed passes. Yeah, he threw some interceptions, but he got it going. We'll see him Thursday. Romo and the Cowboys win. There's only four quarterbacks that are undefeated all season. It's Brady, Newton, <laughs> Matt Hasselbeck, and Tony Romo. They're well, undefeated. Three so, and zero. Oh. Hasselbeck and Romo are three and zero. Oh. Yeah, That's not quite the Cowboys. same. But... Yeah, not much to talk about them. We'll, we'll talk about them in the preview. The Ravens get an ugly win. The whole controversy with the Case Keenum and the concussion. Not much to talk about. The NFL is going to fix that up. Flacco's out for the season. That's sad. I want to ask you about the birthday boy. Were you impressed with Brock Osweiler getting a, a, a close win? Foxy did make some mistakes to help them, but, you know, some bad play calling there at the end and whatever. But the Broncos won a, a close game, which I thought it would be uh, on the road at Chicago. What are your thoughts about Brock and who now will get the start hosting New England Sunday Night Football? You know, I think in their heart, the Broncos know that they don't really have a chance with Brock Osweiler. They oh, a chance to win a championship this year. So they feel like they have to sprinkle some some of that Really? Why not? Own. That defense is good enough. I think you're, you're No, you're you can't. You they can't. Can a running game? Come no, on. I don't think I don't think so. I don't think you can roll against Cincinnati, against the Patriots with Brock Osweiler and hope to win. I think you have to rely on Peyton Manning to put up his last two good games of his career and, and but you're you're seeing that the Patriots and Bengals can get smacked in the face from a physical team with a great defense who have great corners who basically just have to stop Gronk now and 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 basically just stop AJ Green and Eifert is sometimes good sometimes dropping balls in the clutch I don't know I, I think those teams can be a little bit vulnerable to a very uh, physical Broncos are physical. You talk about a physical team. That's the team, they right? Can be, they can be. They can be. And the argument would be bring at least one of those teams to mile high, right? You probably won't bring the Patriots to mile high, but at least in that second second weekend, bring bring the Bengals to mile high, right? So, so get that number two seed. So having said that, though, I just don't see Brock Osweiler as that guy. Um I need Peyton Manning, but I need him healthy. So if he needs to sit out this week and he needs to sit out next week, yeah, he'll be a little rusty. He'll be off a little bit. But you know what? You're just trying to get that probably the three seed because I think Cincinnati will probably pull away. Uh, Get that three seed, get that home playoff game, and then hope to go on the road to Cincinnati and on the road to New England with Peyton Manning. I don't know. I, I just feel like that's that's. And, and by the way, Peyton Manning says he wants to play again. I don't know. That sounds to me oh, like the twenty-five yeah. million talk. Either either that's the twenty-five million talking, or he really doesn't want to play next year. But he doesn't want to go through the 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 pomp and circumstance of showing up at every stadium and getting a rocking chair and getting a you know like the Derek Jeter situation where he gets a present and they you know and they and they well, the season's already over, so that that would have already needed to happen. I think it's no, more about. No, but you know, on the road, on the road, they could have made a big deal. It's his last game here, and it's his last game there, and then his last game in Denver. Yeah. I think so some maybe... people already felt that way. I, I think it's all about the Benjamins, and I think you said it right. I mean, look, the you know, what's the commercial 
they always joke, what's the commercial that Peyton Manning turned down? Uh, none, you know, and nothing's wrong with that. You know, he's like Jordan. He's like, I'm a businessman, Jordan, Peyton Manning, and Jay-Z, you know, <laughs> they're all about, they're all about their dough. It's hard so, to give up 25 million. Yeah. Who could blame him? I, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But let's talk about somebody who's about balling and is young, famous Jameis. Heisman Trophy winner, number one pick, goodness gracious, great balls of fire in Philadelphia, 45-17. He's got the town ready to lynch Chip Kelly. And Doug, don't call me muscle hamster, Martin, 235 yards. This was like a record that the Eagles gave up over 500 and some odd yards, uh, you know, to Tampa Bay. And quite as kept, Lovey's 5-5, five and five, and he's alive for the wild card got a pretty scrappy defense, and he's got some legit offensive weapons for his young quarterback who's got such savvy. I mean, five touchdowns is no fluke. Vincent Jackson's five back. Five receivers. That's crazy. And Cam did the same thing. That's crazy. It's just crazy. So props to them. Real quick on the Eagles and Chip Kelly. Does he too much pride and ego for him and the owner so he stays at Philly? Does he go to Tennessee to go with Mariota because the Titans are probably going to be hiring somebody else and not stay with the interim? Or does he go to USC, Miami, or LSU because they're probably going to get rid of less miles, which I think is probably a mistake? What, what would you pick? So I would say it goes in stages. Stage one is he's not, he's not in Philly at the end of the year. I think Jeffrey Lurie says, you know what, I had enough of this. I tried. I gave you the 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 kitchen, the groceries, the pans, the the everything. One I mean, year you missed his mistake after just one year. No, it's been two years now. No, but one year with him being the the you know the head. Yeah, and, and and Chip and Chip can make a case, and he can say, look, I had to make do with Bradford. I didn't love him. I had to make do with him, and and then you gave me. I got Sanchez as a backup, so you know we all know where that goes. So you you can make the case for another year. I just don't think in Philly. I think the sentiment is going to be so bad, especially this year when that a when that NFC East was up for grabs. Even a bad team could have won that division, and and the Giants might end up winning it at eight and eight or nine and seven. But you got to figure. I think he's gone, frankly. Hey, they could still turn it around, Ray. He could beat Detroit. Easy win. Not a hard game at Thanksgiving. And then, you know, the rest of the schedule. Who's the quarterback? Who's the quarterback? They haven't decided yet. So we'll see. I, you know, I think they're both scrubs, but that's just me. How about this? T.J. Yates and the Texans are back in the playoff race. They're in the fight for the division with the Jaguars and the Colts. 24-17 over our Jets. Jets just didn't show up. I don't know where they were Sunday, but they weren't in Houston. Uh, are the Texans legit to potentially win the AFC South? Absolutely. Why not? I mean, Based the Hopkins, Indianapolis the new, Colts. New, new combo. DeAndre Hopkins is the new. He's the man. He's ridiculous. I mean, I don't know. He's the new Andre Johnson meets, you know, uh, who's got the, the the great hands? I mean, uh, Marvin Harrison. I mean, this guy is is for real, and he outplayed Darrell Revis, and then Darrell Revis got hurt. Um, Ooh, he took it this, to Darrell, boy. Yeah, this kid, this kid <laughs> Hopkins is the real deal. You know, 
I'm driving a yacht on Rivas Island. <laughs> oh, boy, and I'm parking it right there. I'm anchoring it right in the middle of the island. What? Right. So, yeah, he, he's he's, a, he's he's right there. He's Ron Studd. I mean, he, he's he's a top three receiver right now. This kid Hopkins is, is, is the real deal. And you know what? That that yeah. division is for the taking. You're right. So let's close out the week. That the Colts did win. Matthew Hasselbeck, like we said, you said sort of said your thing about the Falcons. Neither team really won in this game. It was back and forth, 24-21. Kind of a, a yucky game. I don't know what's happening with Gore and T.Y. Hilton. Like you know, fantasy owners are just going crazy with the Colts this year. And then the Lions sort of upset the Raiders. You, you thought Derek Carr would have a field day in this game, and he put up a dud. The Raiders and Derek Carr and that offense, they were inept against a Lions defense that when they want to play, they play, <laughs> you know? So I, what, do you, what do you think about these two games? Like, were they – you couldn't figure either one of these games out, and neither team of the four wanted to win. No, and, and it's disappointing because – especially the, the most disappointing is the Raiders because you got to figure just like Kansas City is like Stella, you know, getting their groove back – the Raiders look like they're on a roll, and their second-year quarterback Derek Carr looked like he's ready to step into the elite, you know, top top seven, top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. It's a game you got to win. This is really a game you got to win. You got to keep putting pressure on Denver because you know with Osweiler, you never know what will happen. But that that to me was the biggest disappointment. You're totally right. Well, let's go forward. Let's zoom it forward. Let's pick these Thanksgiving games, and then we got a couple of great games on Sunday. NFL Week 12, everybody's had their bye weeks. There's six games left. The photo finish, people are fighting for it. There's only two weeks left in fantasy football, so you got to go 2-0 and if you want to make your fantasy playoffs. Gosh, I know I need to run the table in two out of my three leagues that I, oh, I'm struggling, Ray. I'm struggling. So. And Ray's having a good season. Ray will tell you, but he's uh, – He's in first place and I think second place in, in two leagues we're in together. So Ray's 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 doing it this year with not great rosters either. But he's doing no, it. not great. I've been I've been kind of lucky <laughs> on some matchups because you know I had yeah, Eric Foster go down, I had Jamal Charles go down, I had Keenan Allen go down. So of the you know six or seven big injuries, I three of them were on my team. Oh yeah, well I lost Le'Veon Bell. I lost. Oh, don't that's not even talk about. So game one. You know, it's not when the turkey's ready. It's like maybe you have a light breakfast and you're waking up and you're going to watch two teams that are really enigmas. They're just a mess this year. The four and six Eagles <laughs> at the three and seven Detroit Lions. Not the game that the NFL thought it would be. They thought both these teams would be fighting for the division. Uh, half a point. Spread, Eagles up. I, you know, this one's weird. I actually, for, I don't know why, because Megatron is questionable, but he'll probably play anyway. But him and Tate have been really just ineffective all season. Eric Ebron and Pettigrew, they've been up and down. Not much of a running game. I think it's prime for the Eagles to sort of wake up. I think Murray will run the ball. I think somehow, you know, whether it's Bradford or Sanchez, Josh Huff, maybe Matthews, Maybe Zach Ertz, they'll do enough to win a, a really weird, not too interesting game. I'll say 23-17, the Eagles get the turkey, and DeMarco Murray gets 105 and a touchdown to handle the Lions at home. You know what? I'm going to say the Lions 
take a little bit of momentum, take a little bit of pride, and the Eagles quarterback situation is so bad that whoever it is throws two interceptions and the Lions win a close one at Ford Field. Also, I believe, ugly, 1917. And my fantasy stud is going to be Amir Abdullah, and he's going to have a punt return for a touchdown. There you go. Amir. Now, this one, you'll either be eating, you'll be finishing up eating, or you'll be ready to eat. And you got to sort of try to figure out how you can see the TV and your plate at the same time. Because the Panthers at the Cowboys is must-see television. It's Greg Hardy, who was the ex-Panther now with Dallas and his shenanigans. It's Romo return. It's uh, the Panthers undefeated. It's Cam Newton and the Panthers getting their respect. And it's the Cowboys probably needing to run the table to make the playoffs and be 9-7. and seven. Or if they lose one, will this be the one? And then they have to win all of the rest. Panthers are only a half a point favored. I say, sorry, Dallas, you're going eight and eight, maybe seven and nine. You're not beating the Panthers. This train goes through Dallas and Cam becomes a national darling and star because he's not getting the respect and the defense is going to show out. Roma will have two picks. Josh Norman might get one, one of the linebackers. Cam will rush for a touchdown, throw for two, and they will win 24-16. Cam Newton over the Cowboys, and Cam will be the player of the game, rushing for 60, maybe 50, and he'll throw for like 220 in the two touchdowns. Cowboys, no, sorry. I'm going to say three words. How about them Cowboys? So... (laughs) Cowboys have actually been in all of these games that they've lost. And even though I told you they wouldn't want to win a game when they lost Dez and Romo, they've actually played close enough that if they had a decent quarterback or wide receiver, they could have won two or three of those games. At the same time, we keep talking about Carolina and their offense. Where does it come from? I still don't know. I mean, I look at their box scores, and I have Cam Newton, and I have Greg Olson on my, on two different fantasy <laughs> teams, and I'm still thinking to myself, where does this offense come from? So I think Cowboys will keep it close. I think they'll be fired up on national TV. I think that they'll find a way to keep the game close, and then Romeo drives the ball down the field, Dan Bailey for 42 yards to win the game. And you know why we play? We play to win the game. And I think the Cowboys win 23-21. How about them Cowboys? Is this because you're a Cowboys fan? No, I actually pick against the Cowboys very often. In fact, far more often than you would think as a Cowboys fan. I just think the Cowboys are due. You're a holiday homer. Come on. I'm going to call you Homer Simpson. I'm going to call you Homer Simpson. All right. We'll we'll get to Thursday night. This one, you might need your tissues because if you're a football fan and you're an NFL fan, you might get a little emotional. It's a a nine-and-a-half-point spread, probably not much of a game. Cutler might hang around 
first half, maybe Forte, maybe Jeffrey Play. But at halftime, the great Hall of Famer Brett Favre will come back, or about to be Hall of Famer Brett Favre, he will come back and he will be put in the Packers Ring of Honor and Hall of Fame. But they're going to bring out Bart Starr, who's having health issues, Holmgren, all the Packer greats. It's going to be like a Packer smorgasbord of legends are going to be there at Lambeau Field. And maybe even Aaron Rodgers outside of the locker room at the half. This is going to be one of those moments for football on NBC. And I think the Packers wind up winning this one 31-20. And my player of the game, I'm going to go with Devontae. I'm missing Devontae, and Devontae's back. And I think this game, he steps up. Two touchdowns, not James Jones, not Randall Cobb. It's Devontae. 93 yards, two touchdowns, and he's the player of the game for the Packers in an emotional night. I think it will be an emotional night. night. You know, this whole wave Brett Favre left was crazy, and they're welcoming him back. I think Aaron Rodgers will have incentive to show that he's bigger, better, and smarter than Brett Favre, and he'll throw five touchdowns, and I – Subscribe, pain. I predict pain for the for the Chicago Bears. I think the Packers absolutely blow them out. I think they win thirty eight seventeen. I think it is a total annihilation, and wow. Packers just run amok. And Aaron Rodgers throws five touchdowns to four different receivers and just does his thing. Spreads the ball out all over the field. Okay. Seven and three at six and four. These are the probably the two wild card teams for now. We'll see how it plays out. Vikings at Falcons. Uh, to be honest with you, the Falcons tailspin continues. You called it and I have to agree with it. Freeman's banged up, so maybe he'll play, maybe he won't. We'll see. Call By the way, you saw he's leading running backs in the Pro Bowl voting. Yeah, I did see that and he deservedly so. He's been a stud. Good for him. But but on this night, on the turf, AP with speed to the house, Teddy B on Sunday. This is uh, this is going. This is not going to be cute. Minnesota is going to want to get the revenge on Atlanta for the Super Bowl that they didn't win, the game to get to the Super Bowl, and for what happened last week with the Packers. So the Vikings win this game. I'll say uh, 26-16. Sort of a weird game. A lot of field goals. Blair Walsh and Matt Bryant will be active. And Adrian Peterson, man, a touchdown, 115 yards. He got, he comes back, and the Vikings win. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything. I mean, the only thing I can say is maybe a different score. So I'll go 27-17. I think, that, I think the Atlanta Falcons will put up a lot of yards, but they'll have trouble scoring in the red zone. Um, I, like I said, their tailspin started four weeks ago. I think it continues. And you know, like I said, I, I don't think they're for real. I don't think they may even they may not even make the playoffs. So I, I think one more step in that direction. In the battle for the second wild card in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills are at the Kansas City Chiefs. They're both five and five. Look, the Bills have good momentum. They played some tough games, but it's hard to win an Arrowhead, and the Chiefs are on fire. 
And I just think at the end of the day, the Chiefs defense is just as dynamic as the Bills. They rush the passer. They can stop the run. They do a little bit of everything. You know, Justin Houston, Tom Lee, Eric Berry's coming back and playing well. And that corner, Marcus Peters from Washington, is up there for defensive rookie of the year. I say Spencer Ware and Chikandrick West both run for 70 Chark yards. Chikandrick. Chelsea Can we just is give my... props to his name? Yeah, you got yeah. He needs to get on our all name squad. You gotta be creative if you're naming your kid that. That's like three names in one, and that's just that's dope. So interesting close defensive game. I'll just say real simple, twenty to seventeen, Kelsey gets a touchdown and eighty yards of seven receptions. Chiefs win twenty seventeen. Kelsey's the player of the game. You know what? Kansas City is a tough place to play, <laughs> and I've predicted against them a couple times this year and they've won at home. But this Bills team is getting healthy, and your boy Tyrod Taylor, if you give him time and you let him create, either in the pocket or outside of the pocket, running with that two-headed monster of Carlos Williams and Shady, somehow they need to get Sammy Watkins in the, you know, more involved in the offense. He's just too talented to not see the ball 10, 12, 15 times. But assuming they do and they can get Clay in there and Woods is a decent third option, I think this Buffalo Bills team is legitimate on both sides of the football when they're humming. And if they can stay disciplined and don't have ten penalties, especially because it's going to be loud and cold in you know in Kansas City, not that cold. I think they're predicting game time temperature in the forties. Uh, I like this Bills team. You know they're a cold weather team. I think they can go on the road in a cold weather hostile environment. I like Buffalo. I think your boy Tyrod Taylor is going to be the player of the game. I think he throws for 250 and a couple touchdowns. I think he runs for for 75 and a touchdown. And the Bills end up winning a close one, 24-20. All right, real quick so we can get to college football. Tampa at Indianapolis. They're both 5-5. I actually say Matthew Hasbrough gets his first loss. I think Winston and Tampa's on a roll. They're going to go to 6-5 and five and fight for this last wild card in the NFC. And I'll say um, I'm going to go with uh, Doug Martin again. I think he's found it, and the offensive line's working, and he will give you two touchdowns, maybe 115, and they win 24-20, not liking the Colts team right now. They're kind of weird. I don't love them, but I think the Bucks are going to be a little high off their performance last week, and Jameis Winston might be a little too confident. Um, he's having a great rookie season so far, but I just think the Colts will find a way to win at home. T.Y., uh, hopefully he's back to the T.Y. of a few months ago, but I think Dante Moncrief is going to get single covered and catch a couple touchdowns, so I'll go six for 90 and two touchdowns. And I think the Colts win 26-21. NFC East potentially for first place. Giants have Redskins. You don't know which team is going to show up for either team. But at the end of the day, I think the Giants will do enough to win. And I feel like the Redskins, good luck and mojo is kind of going to run out on them. Let's say Giants win 27-20, and Eli is the guy. Him and Odell do their thing, but Eli gets three touchdowns, 
maybe 310 yards. I second that emotion. Yeah, I think the Giants are the better team. I think they're playing better. Uh, the Giants should have two or three more victories if they look deep down and they could execute down the stretch. It should have beat Dallas. It should have beat New England. Um, so to me, Odell Beckham's the player of the game. I think he's just a stud. You know, he's he'll, he'll go eight for 120 and two touchdowns, and I think the Giants win pretty easily, actually. I, I, I'll say the Giants win 27-17. Another Super Bowl matchup in the year of the Super Bowl 50. Pittsburgh at Seattle. This is going to be interesting because the Steelers are getting a little healthier and their defense is playing a little better. And Seattle seems a little vulnerable. Don't love the offensive line. Steelers' defense is playing better each week. Not great, but better. And I think with Ben and their offense, Seahawks' defense has also been the promise, not just the offense. Now, yes, Thomas Rolls will probably go. Lynch could be out for the season. I, I don't think they gave the report yet on what he, you know, whether he needs surgery or not. He was at a specialist in Philadelphia. So we'll find that out. But either way, Thomas Rolls will have to do his thing, and he's showing that he can. But I think the Steelers will win a close one. This might be a little bit of a drag-em-out weird game. Weird score because the Steelers like to go for two. So I actually have the Steelers winning this one 29-24 over the Seahawks. Homer pick. Uh, I think, <laughs> speaking of home, I think Seattle's going to get their mojo back, their number 12 back, their home field advantage back. Um, some of their issues have been on defense, but more have been on offense. So I think that they start to put it together, just like they did at this point last year. Last year they were 4-4. Four and four. And I think they went and won eight in a row. Now they're five and five. I, I haven't seen their schedule, so I don't know if they're going to win the rest of their games. But I, I do think they'll finish. Maybe I don't know if they'll finish eleven, five, 11 and five. They might finish ten and six. We got to go so, to Arizona again. We got to go to Arizona. Yeah, and they got and they got something for them. They got some revenge for them. So I like Seattle in this game. I actually think uh, Pittsburgh is ready to be had. Um, both teams end up going six and five after this game. I like my boy. No relation to Lou Rawls. I like Thomas Rawls. <laughs> You'll he's never a find young player. One twenty and a touchdown and fifty yards receiving. All right, we wrap. Some, we wrap the NFL up and and the, the review and preview before we get to college. It's unfortunate that it won't be potentially the final matchup of Manning Brady which would have been Manning-Brady, what, like 16 or 15? I don't know how many they've done, so many. Patriots at Broncos. I I disagree with your analysis. I actually think Brock is good enough. He can run the offense. He's going to get better each week in the offense. And I think the Patriots go down. I think really? that they're ready okay. to be had, and the Panthers will stand alone. And I think the Patriots are going down Sunday night Denver's going to be hooting and hollering. They should be a little bit healthier. Hopefully, uh, DeMarcus Ware is back and uh, Talib is back. And, oof, it's going to be physical, physical, physical. They're going to make a statement. And I say the Broncos win very close game, 24-23 over the Patriots. And the player of the game is Bebe, Demarius Thomas, a touchdown, Eight receptions, 100 yards. Wow. 
I can't I can't go with that. I, I can't roll like that. <clears throat> I just don't think that the Broncos have enough snaps under center with Brock Osweiler. Um, don't give Belichick a mission. Don't give Belichick a an extra incentive. And whenever he plays Peyton Manning or the Broncos or anybody associated with the Broncos or former Broncos or former Colts, he gets fired up. And I think this game is going to be close, though. I love the Broncos' D. I love their ability to play physical. I love their ability to keep contained and keep everybody in front of you. I love their two corners. I love their, you know, their whole defense, right? Fantastic. I just have a feeling that Brock Osweiler is going to create a late-game turnover. Brady's going to drive the ball, and they're going to – just like, you know what, just like this game when they when, when the Bills screwed up, missed that field goal, I said, I said they're going to score. I said, <laughs> And that essentially turned the game around, and, and the Bills could never recover. So not a Brock Osweiler convert yet, and so I think the Patriots squeak out a close game, 22-20. Hmm. Player, oh, player of the game. You know what? I'll say Legarrette Blunt just because he'll have two goal line touchdowns. I'm not mad at that at all. I am not mad at that. So before we get to the rankings, you know, everybody knows the games and what happened on Saturday. It was really great. The rankings came out tonight. We'll talk about it. But I just want to touch on, on, on one game, and that was the number one team. And what Michigan State did to win that game, an ugly game, 17-14. They've been in some close games all season, Michigan State. And it bit them in the butt with Nebraska a couple of weeks ago. And they got lucky against Michigan. But they went to Ohio State, and you got to give them credit. Even though Ezekiel Elliott was hurt during the week, the offensive coordinator really helped Michigan State by only giving them, him the ball 12 times. And I said this most and of the year. eight times on the first drive, right? Ah, uh, right. Don't get me started. But I also felt that Cardale Jones needs to be and should have been in that game. JT Barrett was not doing anything, and he cannot push it down the field. He runs too much, and it doesn't make that offense dynamic. So it's easy to stack up, stop the run, and stop the receivers, and stop Barrett. And when you have a great defense, and Michigan State's defense, it's been great for the last five, six years, let's be honest. And it's not as great in the back half this year, but up front, the front seven and the defensive line, Michigan State is solid. It was a big win, but I think Ohio State kind of gave them the win as well. That's how I looked at that one. What were your thoughts I, about I that? I was surprised, surprised that, 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 that happened that in, happened the, in horseshoe, the horseshoe, that they were able to just get taken uh, down by a second-string quarterback who really insane. didn't throw a pass in the in the second half. They just kept running it and running it, and then they, and then they had that final drive. And the, So, I, I don't know. To me, you could just chalk it up as one loss, but this loss probably cost you the season because, you know, you're not going to play most likely – even though I will say I'm I'm on upset alert Nebraska over Iowa this week. Write it down. You know more than likely Ohio State is not playing for the Big Ten championship and therefore not playing for the national championship. So disappointing, disappointing by Ohio State. So let's get into these rankings. We got about ten minutes left in the show. 
What do you think? It was, Let's jump right I, in there. Well, look, I mean, it's Clemson, Bama, Oklahoma, Iowa, which I thought both of them would jump up. I just thought it'd be reverse order. Uh, Michigan State, Notre Dame goes down to six. Baylor at seven. Ohio State falls to eight. Stanford at nine, which is interesting. We'll talk about that in a minute. Michigan at 10. I knew Florida would drop, but you got Oak State down at 11, losing to Baylor. That was a big win from Baylor. Florida, who the last two weeks, Vanderbilt, Florida, Atlantic, they played horrible. I told my son, he's a Gator fan, that they would drop, and they deserve to drop. They don't look good at all, although I guess they still have an outside shot if they beat Florida State, who's 13, and uh, Bama, who's two, to win the SEC. I guess you'd have to put them in. And then let's just stop at 14 and 15 because Carolina still play um, for the ACC. And I wonder if they would have a shot if they upset Clemson. And then Navy from the non-five majors at 15, you know, they'll play in one of those, you know, bowl games, uh, New Year's Day bowl games. Uh, they call them the bowl six or whatever. So what I guess I want to ask you this, is Notre Dame – not only for their poor performances and their wins the last two weeks against Wake Forest and Boston College, but also their injuries. So do you think them being at six and Stanford at nine, does that favor Stanford if everybody else up front, you know, there's chaos and everybody collapses, if Stanford could still win the Pac-12 over the USC-UCLA winner, uh, does that favor Stanford for still having outside shot? Or is it only Notre Dame still having an outside shot if the teams above them, like Oklahoma loses, and then Iowa loses to Nebraska, and then so on and so yeah, on? Yeah, I like, think I think that actually hurts Stanford because Stanford has two losses. To me, Stanford would have to beat a top four team. So by Notre Dame slipping to six, and of course yeah. we play them this week. If Notre Dame was three or two, then it would make the argument more compelling it's really hard to put a two-loss team in the mix when Clemson's undefeated Iowa's undefeated you know and then all the other teams have one loss but what about Northwestern who's at 16 and then now the penalty would be Notre Dame is injured but if Stanford does that and then they beat whether it's Utah or UCLA, I don't know. But, I mean, USC, could Stanford still have a shot if Nebraska gets upset? Because, remember, Stanford's ahead of Oklahoma State. What if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma in the last game of the season? Well, let's just say four or five things would have to go right for Stanford. Yeah, that's the chaos that could happen. Yeah, but I don't know that they will. And and maybe if if two or three of them go, I still – you know, and then what if Baylor loses to TCU? Baylor loses to TCU. <laughs> no, that's true, but I still can't see a two-loss team playing for the national championship when you have too many you have too many one-loss teams out there. So I, I just don't see it. I think once Stanford got that second loss, they were done. Do you believe in Iowa at all? No, I don't. I don't think they're that good. I think they're lucky. That that uh, again, you, you play who you play, so I can't take anything from them. So so not a knock on them, but they are lucky that the schedule you know fell the way it did, where they didn't play any of the elite Big Ten teams, and they are going to play a Michigan State team that's a little bit overrated in the sense that you know they're ten and one at number five, but we both know they should really be nine and two. 
And if they're nine and two, they may not have had the momentum and the moxie to go in and beat Ohio State. But let's say if they're nine and two, then they're at ten. They're basically where Michigan is right now. So that's going to be the best team that Iowa's played all year. All right. No, we just got to give the winners Navy. uh, Navy at Houston. Oof! I think Houston bounces back and wins this game. I think Navy wins. uh, You know, too much to handle. You have Nebraska upsetting Iowa. I think Iowa will hold on in a close one. Oregon against Oregon State in that big rivalry. I'm sure we both have Oregon in that one. Not yeah, Oregon big time. And the same thing, Washington State, Washington. I'd probably go Washington State in that one. Yeah, same. Okay, so we got now the rank, all the rank games. So Baylor at TCU. TCU is all hurt up, but. Yeah, TCU's hurt up. I think Baylor wins the game. I think, uh, you know, with Doxon out and, and boy, you know, they're banged up. I, I like I like Baylor in this game. I think their offense is still tough. They've been up and down, freshman quarterback, yeah. but they win. And defense is playing better. I got Baylor by two touchdowns. Number eight and number ten, Ohio State at Michigan. Go blue? Go blue? No, I don't think that uh, our boy Urban lets his team lose two in a row. I think they they figure it out. Michigan's not dynamic enough on offense. They're not good enough on defense to completely shut down Iowa State. Uh, I'm sorry, Ohio State. So I think uh, Ohio State takes out their frustrations and wins. I think they went pretty go, big, actually. Okay. I'm going Michigan in the upset because they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, and this is about recruiting and everything else. And I think Ohio State, they said the right things, but – that whole thing with Ezekiel, I don't know. Then yeah, that was right. dirty. That was that ugly. Calling uh, you know, the coaches, that wasn't a good yeah. thing. No, no, but he apologized, and I get that. Look, these young kids, you put the mic in front of their face, but Urban backed him up. Urban said, basically, the kid was right. You just can't do it. Say it at that time. So we both have Clemson over South Carolina. It's not much to talk about. This is where we, you know, we start to get a little bit more interesting. UCLA, USC, the big rivalry game. What happens? I think UCLA wins pretty easily. I think USC's season has been so up and down. Um, you know, I think USC's favored to win this game, but I like UCLA. I'm going with USC. We both got Bama over Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Auburn are just a, a horrible, disappointing season. Does Michigan State have a letdown against Penn State at home? I doubt it, that they would. I don't think so. I think they win this game pretty easily. Okay, Ole Miss at Mississippi State. Oh, these are two teams that really wanted to be good this year, and they had a chance to really shake up the traditional powers Mm -hmm. in the SEC. So you know what? Because this game is in Starkville, uh, I'm going to go with Mississippi State, even though Ole Miss is favored. I got Mississippi State. Dak Prescott all day. Florida State, Florida. I got Florida State beating the Gators. I'm not impressed with Florida at all. Yeah, I think that they got ahead of themselves. They aren't really a top ten team, so I like Florida State as well. Notre Dame at Stanford. What do you got? Oh, this game means so much to both teams. I'm gonna say because the game's in Palo Alto, uh, and your boy McCaffrey. You know me and McCaffrey's, oh. right? I got a special thing for McCaffrey's. He's got to go to New uh, I York. Think I think Stanford wins this game. I think they win a close game, but I think Notre Dame's a little banged up, and uh, 
dropping to six really probably hurts them. So I think Stanford yeah. puts the final screw in. All right, all right, we got to go. I got Stanford over Notre Dame. Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma's just a much better team, and they're playing better. Yeah, Oklahoma wins on the road. The Sooners, very, very tough. So that's, uh, I guess that's basically it, man. That's all the yeah, big games. Yeah, we have a lot of great games this weekend. So, you know, we'll come back on Monday to talk about them. We'll get ready for what should be a very interesting Tuesday night, right? Up until now, we said, oh, they're going to play each other. But you know what? This will be the last game before the conference championship. So this will be a great discussion on Monday about college. And, of course, we'll talk pro football. So we'll have a great, great discussion on Monday. I'm excited. Enjoy the food. Gobble, gobble. You know, be thankful. Love your family. Eat well. Think about those who don't have what you got, you know, and be generous. And, uh, hey, like always, thanks for listening and talking sports with friends. We are out. Have a great Thanksgiving. Happy, safe. Oh, you know what? I got to play this real quick. We had a caller call in with his top four from uh, Arizona, John. Let's hear that, man. Let's hear John's top four. Let's go. Hey, guys, I'd like to give you my college top four. Number one would be Clemson. Number two, Alabama. Three, Iowa. Four, Michigan State. Okay. I like that. I would have to agree. I think Michigan State should be four and not five. Yeah, I could. I could. I, listen, you can't argue with that either. It just, you know, went down a little bit different. But either way, the Big Ten, they'll have somebody in there. Yeah, you got to think. With Iowa and Michigan State playing each other, the winner has to get credit and and take up one of those four spots. Well, enjoy the games. Have fun. And, um, oh, man, how about them Cowboys? Can they do it? How about them Cowboys? Yes, they can. We'll see. Enjoy the games. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.